0: Thursday, April 9th, and you're tuned in to the Cleveland Baseball Talk Podcast Daily Edition with Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga uh, coming to you live. Uh, Paul from uh, from the the warm confines of menor ohio how are things out there on this it was actually a nice day today did you get outside and do any running around
1: yeah yeah joe it's crazy you know this is like when we grew up as kids like everybody's outside nobody's playing video games kids are riding bikes playing catch uh walking their dogs i've never seen so many dogs i didn't know there was we had this many dogs in the neighborhood you know families are walking uh you know it's, it's i mean you know God knows it's it's this is a terrible circumstance with the with the virus and everything, but it's 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 really interesting to see how people respond.
0: Well, I've I've, I've had the opportunity to get out and throw uh, a couple of times with my my eleven year old, uh, get his arm you know keep it in condition, get get working in case we we get to the point where he's got games this year. I've been looking forward to that. Uh, we were hitting some fly balls at the park down the street the other day too, so. Uh, you know, anything to, to to keep the skills from just sort of withering up there is, is a good thing. Uh, uh, you know, a lot of that it, that sort of dovetails into to what we want to talk about today is how these guys, how these major leaguers are staying in shape and and keeping themselves conditioned and ready to go uh, as as the the possibility of games draws closer with this this plan to play the games all in Arizona. Uh, I know you you talked to a couple of guys and 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 they're. There's some different guys who are, who are doing different things to to sort of get themselves ready to to be ready when the games actually do start taking place.
1: Yeah, I talked to uh, Logan Allen um, today. He is staying with his girlfriend and their parents in Scottsdale, so he really never left. Uh, you know, Arizona. Obviously, when uh, when spring training was shut down on March 12th, he said he's you know he's been th- he's been playing catch. I, I guess there's obviously there's a lot of guys out there that are in camps that lived there or you know had housing there and so he's he's been playing catch keeping social distance and uh he said he was getting to a point where he was almost going to build his own mound in in the backyard he was he was ready to go uh, out and get material for it and uh then uh, one of his buddies called him and uh said he's got a mound that he can throw off of but he said he like he he grew up in uh, i think North Carolina he said they we we were I grew up in the sticks, so me and my dad always built a mound in the backyard with a batting cage. Mm-hmm. So we, he was ready to do it, so he'd done it before. But, he, you know, Joe, he was encouraged by uh, this news that, you know, that perhaps could, uh, Major League Baseball could move the season to Arizona. Of course, he said, you know, our, our main concern is, is the health of baseball fans and the general public. That he said, I don't think we're going to do anything – before we're assured that um, you know they're safe and uh, and uh, you know the the virus has been uh, you know flattened out a little bit, so it was interesting interesting
0: conversation. And you know it's interesting interesting that you talk to Logan Allen. He's he's one of the guys now who you know if this plan does come through, he's going to benefit from from this because of the fact that they're going to have to expand the rosters at least early on uh, in, in this sort of experiment here, uh, you know, they're going to need more pitchers and more pitchers available. Uh, Logan Allen was sort of in that position of being the, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh guy, maybe in the, in, in terms of options for the rotation. Now he's going to be a guy who they might actually even count on to, to contribute significantly once things get going.
1: Yeah, you know, he did get optioned. He was optioned during spring training, but I don't think that means anything now. I mean, he's still on the 40-man, and I, I would imagine, you know, most teams are going to bring their entire 40-man rosters to Arizona if, if this plan, you know, takes hold. Right. And, uh, you know, probably a couple more, you know, maybe a half of their A team, you know, something like that. They're going to have to have, you know, it's a delicate balance. You don't want to bring too many people out there where they can't stay sharp but you want to have, you know, enough. You just can't bring your 26-man roster out there because you're going to need more players, and you might be sharing your complex with another team. That you might just physically run out of room. So uh, you know that's a balancing act. But I think yeah, Logan Allen is is well positioned to to help the tribe if if this if they ever start playing baseball this year.
0: Right, and you know let's let's for for a moment let's operate under the assumption that you know sometime between, uh, you know the beginning of May and mid-June, the, the, this plan kicks in and they are, they do start to play. Let's, let's, let's do that for a minute. Uh, the, the roster size would have to dictate or would have to, you know, be dictated by like how long they'd be in camp or how long they'd have to prepare. Is that, is that what you're hearing?
1: Yeah, I, I think so. You know uh, I think that's a good point, Joe. You know, I, I was talking to a couple of people today and they said, let's say, you know, I, I think, you know, the key obviously spring because spring training is always all about pitching you know getting your pitchers ready i think if if this if they only have a, a like a 3 week spring training i think uh you know they might open with as many as 16 pitchers on on the roster if it's a 4 week spring training maybe 14 15 you know, and and those guys, I don't think you'd carry them the whole season. Obviously, right. you know, you you probably have a drop down date where you 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 know take get maybe get back to the thirteen man uh, the the thirteen pitcher cap that you know was, go, it goes along with the twenty six man roster.
0: Right, and you know, in that, like you said, guy like Logan Allen, who's already on the forty man, uh, he's and he's already started his major league service time as well because he, he pitched for San Diego and uh, made a start in Cleveland as well last year. But a guy like a Tristan McKenzie, who's on the 40-man roster, but hasn't started his major league service time, the clock hasn't started on him, and the Indians have, have taken great pains to sort of hold him back uh, as he's recovered from these, these past two years of, of injuries. Uh, he's a guy who, you know, might... They they might kind of be forced into using in that in yeah. that situation.
1: Yeah, and I don't think you know it, it's kind of a two edged sword. You know, do you want you know if if there's no minor league season this year, do you want McKenzie missing another year, back to back years without right. pitching, right? Or do you start his service clock and just kind of baby him? You know, pitch him in the sixth inning or the fifth inning, you know, have him be your long, you know, have him get one inning, two innings, and get get him out of there and wow. just get his feet wet. But, I, you know, boy, I, you know, I, to have him go what? He, that would be two and a half years that he hasn't pitched competitive. Right.
0: Well, in a situation like you just talked about there, why not use an opener in that, in, in that you know.
1: Exactly. Why not? You know, yeah, that's a Start, that's a great
0: start like Jeffrey uh, Rodriguez or something like that. Let him go the first couple of innings, go hard that way, and then bring in McKenzie for for three, four innings.
1: That's a great again. One.
0: This is a kid who hasn't pitched above Double A ball, but they've just been so cautious with him the last couple of years. I don't think they want to. In, in an ideal world, he's pitching somewhere this year, but not in major league games and right. during service time.
1: He's pitching at Akron for the Rubber Ducks. You know, he's, right. that's where he should be. And uh, but. You no, know, desperate times require desperate desperate measures, and I'm sure they could figure out some. If there's, you know, if there's no minor league season, could they, you know, is he could he pitch for an independent team? Mm-hmm. They could find some way to get him work, but I, I'm sure they want to be very supervised. And uh, maybe he just throws on the side in in Arizona, you know, in camp games or something. Right
0: right where where just think about the possibility of a minor league season where would they even play those games yeah. if you're not if you're not playing in in your home parks if you're not i guess akron you could you could get through a minor league season you, you treat akron's you know stadium as as you would a a minor league stadium in arizona during during the the summer or during the 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 rookie league or something like that right with no fans and Nobody there. Yeah,
1: and you know, and also this—if you know—they do go to Arizona. You know, the, the the Indians have two Arizona rookie league teams that are really you know strong feeder systems to the minor mm-hmm. league system. And I I wonder if those get scratched. You know, those those kids just go home, or what do you do with them if you if you need the room? You know, if you if you you're big it, club and you're sharing it with somebody else. You Another send them
0: all down to the Dominican at the, yeah, the, the maybe, complex maybe, of the Dominican, you know? Yeah,
1: maybe they, they train down there. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't,
0: I don't know how many how many can be housed there or in that facility. I don't know how, how big. I the, think it's yeah. like up to
1: 100, 200 kids.
0: Oh, and, there, and there's your answer, Paul. Yeah, you know, yeah. They, they send the uh, the kids who would be in the Arizona Rookie League down to, down to the Dominican. Hey, vacation. Uh, <laughs> but, no, there, there's just so many questions have been brought up just in the last 24 hours uh, by, by, by the possibility of this Arizona plan. But the one thing that it's sort of served to do is, is get us forward thinking and talking about baseball again. I, we, we've been depressed for a month, Paul. We've been, <laughs> been just kicking rocks about how, you know, we're missing baseball and you can only watch so many replays of old games and, and, you know, post so many social media, you know, uh, desperate cries for, for whatever it, but, right now we're, we're actually like motivated and looking forward to this and the the potential that's there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, but like we've said before, it it all depends if you know, they get the okay and they get the all clear from the government, from uh, you know, the medical people and uh, you know, the, the general public is, is able to uh, is, is, is in a state where you know, every every walk, every guy, every average Joe is is able to get tested and is healthy. You know, and and they're not being put at risk while, you know, the athletes are. You know, kind of just right. a you know, they're, they're, you know, as baseball is like a opiate for the masses. I, I you know, does, is that is that what we've come to? You know, so right. I think that you have to weigh those two things very carefully.
0: All right. Uh, hey, wanted to mention a couple of the features that we've been running. Uh, you know, throughout this sort of uh, time away from baseball. We, we've been looking at the, the Indians' top 30 prospects. Uh, we're, we've gone through the majority of those, got a few more left, maybe a half dozen guys left to get through uh, in the top 30. But we've also been looking uh, back on this date in Tribe history. We started that uh, last week or week before and have been looking at significant dates. I know a couple of uh, important dates uh, that we just passed uh, on Tuesday. Was the anniversary of Kenny Lofton becoming the the Indians' all time steals leader? Uh, that that game, he went on to, to steal 452 bases, a, a record that will more than likely never be broken for the Indians. Uh, I don't think, just the way that the game has evolved uh, since then. Uh, could you believe it, his career high that year was 75 steals? that's, yeah, that's unbelievable. I mean, I he just- think. He think just about, took off. Every, yeah. every time he got on base, he just took off. But think about how the, the league leaders nowadays don't even come close to – they make it half of that.
1: Yeah, so, and, you know, Sabre metrics and the metrics have, have killed the stolen base. And, and so have pitchers paying you know, slide steps and throwing over right. and, and uh, you know, holding the ball. You know, much, they're much more aware of the stolen base now.
0: Well, you know, Oscar Mercado comes up last year and he's he had a season in the minors where he stole 50 bases, but he only stole 15 uh in in what 105 115 games last year for the Indians. You know, and he was on base a, a good number of times, but yeah. you know, he tells us after he after he gets his after he got thrown out trying to steal his first base. Um he told us he's like, "You know, the philosophy up here is different because once I'm at first base, the guys that are behind me hitting I'm in scoring position already, yeah and, and that's yeah. that's on their minds
1: and they, and he plays for a manager that doesn't mind if you steal, but you better be safe.
0: Yeah. You know, <laughs> do not get thrown out yeah if
1: if you want if if you know you want to run, you better have an eighty eighty percent or over you know right around that eighty percent success rate
0: well, lofton in that season that he stole uh, in ninety six the year that he stole seventy five bases and, and set the record in april um you know, I think he got thrown out 15 total times that wow. year. So, But, again, I mean, Lofton was on base, you know, two, three times a game. So, And he and – he,
1: Joe, I've never seen a player just take over a game with his speed, I, mm-hmm. as, as Lofton did. I thought he was the most dominant leadoff hitter uh, I, I, I've ever seen. And, and just his speed was – you know, Hargrove used to say, Mike Hargrove used to say, his speed distorts the game. And, uh, you know, I I really, I believe that. I mean, he turned, you know, little blue pits into doubles. He he was just such a weapon from that leadoff
0: spot. 3% of the vote for the Hall of Fame in his first year. Yeah, I mean, it, that?
1: that was a travesty. Easy. I mean, I don't know. I still don't know. You know, I think Kenny's an elite player. Is he a Hall of Famer? Maybe. I don't think, but he got... He got wrapped up in that in that with the one ballot where all the steroid guys came on, you know, Clemens and and Bonds. Uh, there was another guy, some Manny, I think was on. No, not Manny, but Clemens and Bonds. Maybe, and there was a couple. There was a couple other guys, and I think he got he got lost in the wash. You know, he just he just got he, he just got. You know, people forgot about him, and now every time you hear about you read a story about you know guys that. You know, have been, uh, for, you know, misused by the voting system, or right. you know, should have been got more attention. That, you know, uh, it Lofton is in there, and hopefully, you know, he makes that that today's era.
0: Twenty twenty four is the next time yeah. that that committee is up, and he better he yeah he better be, be a foregone conclusion. He should yeah. be a foregone conclusion on that ballot. So yeah,
1: he and we'll see what happens. And it's a day. tough. It's a tough ballot, but. To get elected on, but there's been more and more guys lately, you know.
0: Right, they're going two a year for stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, so He's that's good. I mean, so, yeah. that, that's,
1: that bodes well for him.
0: Yes, it does. Uh, hey, really quickly, the other one was today's, or, or was uh, Wednesday's uh, um, post also uh, on the history uh, back in 93 on uh, Wednesday the 8th of April. Um, it was Carlos Baerga hitting home runs from both sides of the plate, and I remember watching that game from home and thinking that that was the coolest thing. Just to yeah. see, you know, one guy hit hit two home runs in an inning, uh, one from either side of the plate, and be the first guy in major league history to do it. Uh, you know what was that? What was the, the sense in, in the, the ballpark that night when he did that? Yeah,
1: that was uh, that, You know, it happened. It was such a long inning that you really, you know, I think they scored nine runs in that inning, mm-hmm. and uh, it was it was so you almost it, it didn't register immediately. You know, and then you're sitting there thinking, wait a minute. What side did he hit the first home run? Because I think the he, he was the second batter in that inning and hit the you know the home run again. First
0: home run, yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Uh, you know, right-handed, and then he goes lefty against uh, Steve Farr. You know, li- real late in that inning, and and you just kind of wait a minute, you know. And then they start making the announcements. It was it was a cool night.
0: Well, and that was he he homered. The second homer came right after Alvaro Espinoza hit a home run. Right. <laughs> And everybody was like, "Wait! They're celebrating Alvaro Espernosa's home run like it was it was the greatest yeah. thing ever," I and mean, not realizing that Bayerga's home run was actually significant. So, and uh, those
1: thought, those those three years that Bayerga had in ninety two, ninety three, ninety four, ninety five that period right there, mm-hmm. you know, he's one of the best players in the game. He was he was really really fun to watch.
0: All right, wanted to take a second here to mention Indian subtext. Uh, you guys can uh, log on and. Uh, um sign up to get inside information inside updates from Paul uh, and myself uh, f- directly as it's a conversation via text with uh, the guys covering the team closest uh, obviously Paul um, you've, you've had a lot of good conversations with folks um, throughout this whole coronavirus epidemic as you know people have had really good questions we've used a lot of them in our podcast it's a way for folks to you know sign up it's 399 a month and you get uh, access to a lot of really great stuff. Um, and what's the, uh, the number again is 216-208-4346. Let me, uh... <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's the number. So uh, yeah. the, uh, the way you sign up, you send a, send a text to that number and it'll, it'll reply with a, a way to, to register. And um, you know, the, Again, subtext is a great way to just follow along and, and be involved here with the Indians as we're um, getting ready to, to sort of get into the season, I guess. Um, let's, uh, let's jump into a couple of questions that we got from subtext users, uh, the, the exclusive way to get questions through to us here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast.
1: Okay, uh, Joe, this is from John Woods from Latonia, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, say MLB plays 122 games. To be fair, wouldn't they need a balanced schedule? Also, if they eliminate interleague play, that means one team will be off each day. This means prime weekend dates for every team would be eliminated. Your thoughts?
0: Well, I, I think no matter what, the schedule is not going to be what we're used to seeing with, uh, you know, three three or four game series and, and whatnot. I think one of the first things that's going to have to happen is going to be if if you're reducing the number of games, if you're not going to play 162 games, the first thing that's got to go is is interleague play. Uh, that that to me that's a no brainer. Uh, but and a lot of people will be happy to see that. Who knows? Uh, yeah. I just think if if you're playing any fewer than 162 games, that interleague play has got to be the first thing to go.
1: Now, and they in that agreement, they said they would pick up the schedule where it's where it starts you know where it lies okay now i don't know if that uh, still applies to this plan you know i i i I would imagine
0: that they'd have to rethink the entire schedule once you're once you're put in this bubble out there there the the schedule's got got to be completely redone yeah you you think
1: yeah i you know i i would think that would be it i i just don't know yeah, this is just as, I don't think anybody knows what's going on, but they might have to redo the whole thing. I think, you know, boy, you know, it's done by computers. So you could do, you know, it's not going to take weeks and weeks and weeks, but boy, oh boy, that would be, that's going to be interesting to see. What, well, and you what, would how
0: also, they work. you would also want to have a mind for, you know, this is going to rely heavily on TV coverage. And you're going to have nationally televised, more nationally televised games. So those Friday, Saturday, Sunday games are especially going to be important too. Um, so you want to make sure that the, the prime teams are going to get those spots too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think you're right. Yeah. And, uh, and the heat is going to have, you know, it's going to be, I, I don't know, where, these guys are either going to be playing like at 7 o'clock in the morning or, you know, 5 o'clock at night, I mean, or, or 7. If, if it's a 7 o'clock game out there, it's going to be 10 o'clock back here. So it's going uh, to be interesting. Right. And uh, here's the next question. Um, um, this is from John uh, Pointvent from Marianna, Mariana, uh, Florida. What do, you, what do we know about former number one prospect uh, Tristan McKenzie?
0: Well, we, we did mention uh, earlier here we were talking about, uh, you know, how they've, they've been sort of bringing him along slowly. Uh, he is on the 40-man roster, and that was a move that they made in the offseason before spring training uh, to protect him from the Rule 5 draft. So I guess they still, you know, see uh, a, a good amount of value in him. It's just that they're, they're being in- incredibly cautious, I think. The fact that he didn't get into any Major League Exhibition games, even on uh, you know, those, those dates back in, in March where they had four games in like two days, they had two split squad games over a weekend, right. and they were calling out you know single-A pitchers to come up and, and, and pitch for these guys. Uh, and McKenzie wasn't one of the guys who made an appearance in a, in a Major League Exhibition game. That really sort of stood out to me as, boy, they really are sort of slow playing him, uh, you know, a lot. And For a guy who hadn't pitched in, in two years, that was significant.
1: Yeah, and, uh, you know, I think he got through his first big league camp in one piece. They were happy about that. Uh, they, he got sent down in one of the first cuts. He was, you know, he probably, he probably got robbed out of some big, you know, some prime innings in the minor leagues mm-hmm. just when, you know, when the camps were, uh, when play was suspended on March 12th and uh, you know, Joe, we were talking about this. Uh, you know, if you do open the season with a 16 man pitching staff, is he one of the guys? Because right. if there's no minor league season, do you really want him going home and not doing anything? You know, this guy has been hurt. He missed last year. He he could miss this season if if they don't play and it could be two. And he missed the half of the, half of the 2017 season. So, That'd be two and a half years that he hasn't pitched regularly.
0: All right. But, but the potential is still there. And you saw him when you were out there in, yeah. in Arizona. You saw, he, he, could, he throws the ball, man. Yeah, they like him. They yeah. like
1: him. There's a reason they paid him, you know, $2.5 million when, when they drafted him out of high school in Florida.
0: All right. Uh, one, one more. Let's, uh, let's wrap it up. we got
1: one more here from Enzo Baker from Cincinnati. It's too bad the Tribe doesn't play in the old, the old uh, Cleveland Stadium where social distancing would not be an issue.
0: The, <laughs> price, right.
1: the price we pay for progress. <laughs>
0: well you're right. What that what did the old stadium hold? Do it 70, 000, something like at that? Least. For, yeah, for a yeah. ball game? At least. You, uh you could you could fit everybody that you would normally fit into progressive field into that stadium and seat them two seats apart and not have a problem. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You think about it if you do the math. Uh, wait a minute. That guy that sent you that that question, his name is Enzo Baker.
1: Yeah. And
0: wait, Enzo the Baker from The Godfather that that's who sent you that. Is that I, who that? Okay. I'm, en, I'm Enzo the Baker. Don't you remember? He's, he's the guy who <laughs> saved Don Corleone. Oh yeah, sure. From the assassins. Are you kidding me?
1: Yeah.
0: Enzo the Baker sending us a question. That's great. He was, okay. he was
1: bringing flowers, right? To yeah, uh, he, he, yeah. He was
0: just coming to pay his respects and and he 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 helped michael save the the don that's that's right very important very important work for you Enzo great <laughs> uh hey just wanted to mention if if you've been following some of the uh the Indians players on their social media accounts uh one thing that we 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 sort of both noticed today uh Carlos Carrasco posted a couple of videos of of playing with uh you know one i believe one of his daughters uh at home uh in his in his kitchen looked like they were hitting. Uh, just doing some soft toss and hitting, uh, hitting a nerf ball or something like that. But uh, in both videos that he posted, one, uh, the the uh, the kid hits a ball head high, line drive right back at him, which is nothing new, I guess, uh, for Carlos Carrasco. And then, then the next one, of course, it was uh, America's Funniest Home Videos type video because he took one to the family jewels as uh, and, and went down to his knees. I think, uh, you know, it's nothing we haven't seen before from Carlos Carrasco.
1: Yeah, Carlos, use the glove. The glove is there for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> I just, and, you know, this is a guy that – Joe, how many times we've seen him get hit in and the there's, wrist, I... break wrist. We've seen him get hit in the jaw with a line drive. We've seen him – I think he got hit. You know, this guy gets hit with line drives two or three times every year. Yeah. <laughs> I,
0: I want to go back and, and just, like, audit and, you know, look at the game records and find out how many times we've written posts Carlos Carrasco hit with a line drive or uh, you know exits the game or whatever it has to in the last three four years alone has to have been you know four or five times that he's yeah and in two thousand
1: and sixteen probably you know if he if he's healthy they might they might be they the world, world, world Series too. champs
0: uh and yeah it's 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 just funny that every time it happens the response from Tito and the response from Carlos is always the same it's like what can you do there's nothing he's yeah. it's it, there's no reason or logical explanation for why this happens to Carlos more than anybody else so yeah.
1: it's a dangerous spot and you you're only sixty feet away he was a little he was a lot closer today in in his kitchen though
0: yeah i I would say so and 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 the the ball's coming in at considerably less exit velo uh yeah. although, <laughs> although there's potential there uh <laughs> hey, the other uh, the other social media post I saw is is this uh, this back and forth between Mike Clevenger and Trevor Bauer uh, on this, uh, this beer pong challenge and they're doing trick shots now. And it's just interesting. It's interesting to see them sort of dogging each other, you know, back and forth on, on social media. Uh, it just the guys being the guys right now, there's nothing else to do. So they got to be competitive somehow, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, it's, so how,
1: it's, did, how, how does beer pong work?
0: How does, uh, okay, <laughs> this is going to be a whole other podcast that we're going to have to do with Paul Hoynes. <laughs> Paul Hoynes, How to Work Beer Pong. That's <laughs> the game where you set up the uh, the red plastic cups. Oh, okay. You fill them a quarter of the way up with beer, and then you stand on the other side of the uh, opposite ends of the table and throw a ping pong ball into the, the beer glasses. And if you throw a, uh, a, the ball into a beer glass, uh, the person on the other end has to drink the beer out oh, of it. Okay, all right. So, very, very popular in college.
1: Yeah, I bet. Hey,
0: you would have. I, I, I. could imagine Paul Hoynes would have probably won his fair share of beer pong challenges uh, at Marquette in uh, back in the seventies, right? Or I lost them. <laughs> I'd be the uh, one drinking see, you the you beer. You never really lose, right? You never really lose at it, because either way, you're drinking beer. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, have a couple of beers tonight, Paul, and we'll uh, we'll catch you again tomorrow on another daily edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. All right, Joe.